Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before, and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the penthouse of a partially completed commercial high-rise in glamorous Hollywood adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of one of LA's leading cement factories, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, the founder of Politicon, happening October 26th and 27th in Nashville, Tennessee. It is the unconventional political convention, a.k.a. the Comic-Con of politics, a.k.a. the Coachella of politics. Hello and welcome, Simon C.D. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having us. Nice to meet you as well. My first question, Simon, how do you sleep at night? Uh, Very well. Okay. I'm not going to do John McCain's joke about sleeping like a baby. I don't recall John McCain's joke. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he says he... he uh, it's an old joke. <laughs> okay. So when I first became aware of what you are doing, I was, I guess, a bit surprised. Okay. I don't know why I was surprised. I'm not surprised there's an audience for this sort of thing. Well, let's let's well, take it piece by piece. Do mm-hmm. you know what Politicon is? I think I have done enough homework. I would be happy to be proven wrong. What is Politicon? Politicon is, is a convention mm-hmm. for people that love politics. Okay. And we try and bring everybody involved. Mm-hmm. It's nonpartisan. We don't take a stance. Mm-hmm. We don't expect people to sing Kumbaya at the end of it. That would be ridiculous. We want, sure. people, we want people to engage with each other. Mm-hmm. That's what Politicon is about. It's about engaging with people that you wouldn't normally engage with. Mm-hmm. This country is, is in, in their own silos. Everybody's either watching Fox News or MSNBC. They're reading Breitbart or the Huffington Post. They're not mixing. They're mm-hmm. not talking to each other, except at political. It really is the only place where you can get all sides coming together and sitting in the same audience together and watching the same thing. Okay. I would mostly grant you that. I think most of the political networks do at least bring in one person to be a punching bag from they the may other do, side. And they may do. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be on for a couple of minutes with commercials, mm-hmm. you know, we get to do hour-long events. Mm-hmm. You get to see the whites of their eyes. Okay. I'm not sure I totally agree that what you're doing is addressing politics so much as putting on like a parade of political theater, because there, there is a, a difference. Uh, is there? I think politics mm-hmm. and uh, theater and entertainment have been with us since time immemorial. I wouldn't disagree with that. I'm sure Julius Caesar was a fabulous communicator. I wouldn't disagree with that. And I bet you everybody at the Lincoln-Douglas debates was talking about what they were wearing as well as what they were saying. I think that the the mix has yeah. always been there, and mm-hmm. I think that people watch it on TV, they read it on in their newspapers, they look at it on the internet, they're going through Twitter. We live in a world of Twitter and Facebook. You know, what we're doing is we're bringing people together in the same room, mm-hmm. and that's really very rare. I agree, um, but you're also bringing together... Um, and we'll talk about it in general terms before we talk about specifically what who's there and mm-hmm. what they all represent. I feel like you're bringing in people who get paid to prop up one side's point of view. You are representing both sides, but not in a way where anyone is actually interested in coming up with answers. Uh, I think people try and come up with answers. And okay. it's not always about coming up with answers. Sometimes Agreed. it's about listening to the other side. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, we had a uh, a pro-life uh, panel, 
And I was sat at the back with uh, a comedian, well-known comedian, who's very pro-choice. And she said to me, I disagree with absolutely everything these people are talking about, but this is the first time I've ever heard all the arguments at once. That's powerful. It was really powerful. And 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 sad that people no longer and, and, and I'm actually saying sad in a way that defends you in this particular <laughs> discrete instance because we do seemingly live in a world where people feel so entitled to their points of view that it's so self-evident that what their side believes is true that they no longer even need to debate with the other side. Well, it's very important for us to have those debates. Right. And, you know, we have we have lots of panels, lots of debates, lots mm-hmm. of uh, of things that allow people to hear the other side. You look out at our audience and you'll see, you know, guys wearing their MAGA hats sat next to Bernie bros, sat next to people wearing their I'm with her T-shirts um, or cougar shirts now for Elizabeth Warren. It's, it's, it's Is that what re- she's got? She's got a cougar thing going <laughs> yes. on now? I was not aware of that. Um, and uh, so, so we have that mix of audience. And if it turns one or two people to listen to the other side mm-hmm. or to have a conversation, then we're, 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 that's, that's, our, that's what we want to happen. We want people to have a conversation in the audience. We don't expect people to to agree, right. to disagree, or, or to disagree, but at least be there and and be present. Do you see that these sorts of conversations that you hope to have happen, bridging these gaps among the people who come to Politicon, actually happen? Uh, I think so. I've I've seen people who vehemently disagree still talk to each other after twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite photographs is uh, I was watching a debate and I turned around. There were these two women. Um, behind me, uh, one uh, middle-aged white woman wearing her MAGA hat sat next to a young black girl wearing her Women's March hat. And they'd never met before, but they were sat next to each other and they were giving me the thumbs up for the photograph. And I noticed them maybe two or three times during the rest of the weekend. They were still chatting to each other and still laughing and they were still friendly. And I think that that's the whole point. That's very lovely. I wasn't expecting you to to say that. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You don't have a background in politics, no, as not such. at all. Okay, uh, my background was live entertainment. I uh, produced, uh, designed, and produced concerts for rock bands. Anybody we all would have heard of? Lots of people you would have heard of. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but I was always a political nerd, mm-hmm. and I uh, wanted to bring that sort of feeling of doing a concert, that atmosphere, to politics it was already there anyway i just wanted it to uh to bring it to uh a bigger audience i wanted to actually i wanted what i originally wanted to do was to tour political debates um but we never were able to kind of make it work we'd never get the big beasts of the political world for long enough to do a tour so it's sort of like well why don't we get everybody together and do comic-con it must be crazy so just it. getting every, all these people to have one date that they can all do. Real easy. Really? They're, they're all political nerds. They all love it. They come back year after year. I would just think that they would be so over-scheduled. This is, a, this is the boom time of boom times for <laughs> political punditry. Well, we're not able to get everybody. Of we course. Can't, you know, there's some people we can't get and some people that you know, aren't available. Mm-hmm. But because we have you know, 100-plus um, you know, talent at the event, uh, it always it always works out great, and people people you know the talent absolutely loves it. How I want to yeah want to talk to you about the talent. How did you become interested in U.S. politics as opposed to doing something similar in England? How long have you been based here? I've been here about fifteen years. Okay, um, 
And I, when I first moved here, I thought American politics was so dull. Uh, I didn't realize. And it, it didn't take long for me to realize that because, you know, obviously in, in the UK, it's, it's a parliamentary system and everybody's shouting at each other. You've all seen it with the, you know, the order, order guy. Right. Um, and still a couple uh, of wigs thrown in there. Yeah, lovely, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But over here, it's very different and it's much more consequential, consequential. And it's, uh, you know, much more important and much, much nastier. So you say consequential, I assume you mean just because of the power that the U.S. holds in the world relative Correct. to England? Correct. It actually has, has uh, you know, real-world consequences for a lot of people. We're seeing that today. The one thing that struck me about British politics when I lived in England, I went to school there for one year, oh, right. was the absence of something here equivalent to putting the prime minister in front of the opposition and making him directly, or she, answer questions directly from the opposition yeah. i hate that we have this dance here of we all have the three questions we'd love well what if they what if somebody really put it to him and asked him blah 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 in a way yeah. that they couldn't ignore and even in the debate setting they don't actually really get to debate each other in the sense that you or i might debate each other because it's mediated yes by a I, moderator uh, I, I i think it's a shame that we don't have that sort of access but right now mm-hmm. we have Absolute access to the president's inner thoughts every moment of the day via Twitter. So I think. Well, that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think that uh, you know you win some, you lose some. It's it's a different system, mm. and you 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 take what you can get. I think that uh, you know events like Politicon are mm-hmm. able to to talk about those things, right? Uh, and bring those things to the fore. We can have those debates. At Politicon, you can have those questions asked because there'll be, you know, people are against their opposites or they're having a debate with a mixed group of people. So we're able to have those those sort of. Uh, I think I think because I grew up on that British political thing, I kind of like to have everybody in the room arguing with each other. It only it, it only makes sense. It's I think fairly so. bizarre to do it any other way unless you've just grown you, up that you way. See, now you like Politicon, you see. You, well, re- you agree with it. Are you familiar with the Neil Postman book, Amusing Ourselves to Death? It's a uh, pretty big deal in the 80s. It's more or less forgotten now. I'm not. Okay, yeah. But, so the, um, he was an NYU media studies professor, uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death, Public Discourse. Actually, the, I've heard of the book. Yes, yeah, a Public Discourse yeah. in the AIDS of Show Business. Everybody who wanted to sound smart at a cocktail party in New York in yeah. late 80s, early 90s would drop this. I went to high school around then, so I, I, I got the, the tailwinds of that. Postman's basic premise, and he was speaking specifically of TV news, but everything is still true. It's only just been exacerbated by our present technology is that things on TV get reduced to sound bites and to theater and to the horse race elements of stuff to the extent that they become counterproductive. It's not just oversimplified. It's oversimplified, oversimplified to the point of being misleading mm-hmm. regarding the reality of what's going oh, on yeah. politically. I think that we live in a world where that's that's obviously true. We arguably have a president who is only able to think in terms of soundbite and tweet length thoughts. And I think it's pretty obvious that a president needs to be able to think in larger, more nuanced terms. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we hope the Politicon mm-hmm. is able to have those nuanced arguments. Okay. You know, because we give an hour with mm-hmm. no commercial breaks. You know, you're, you're able to actually have those conversations you know, and get deep into the into the into the thoughts, whatever the whatever the subject is. You've got a lot of people that I would call pundits, 
mm-hmm. that are that are there. I have come to the conclusion in the Trump era that I don't think pundits are the biggest problem America has, but I think that they are a cancer that sort of attached itself to all of the biggest problems that America has and that they make problems that need us to uh, they require cooperation from both sides. They instead make their living pulling those two sides apart and making that cooperation all but impossible. Um. It depends, who with, t- it depends who you're talking about. Okay, well, I think Sean Hannity, some, some for may, example. Some may be, and some, yeah, but we're, you know, he's going to go head-to-head with James Carville, who's mm-hmm. going, to, uh, going to talk to him about that, you know. And, 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 and so, you know, we're not putting him up against, you know, somebody uh, that's not going to uh, ask the right questions. James is going to be uh, as, as hard as he always is. Have those two encountered each other before oh i'm sure they have yeah okay i'm sure they have is there sort of a circuit where these people would run into each other other than just on tv sets um not are there for... other events of this ilk i hope not no <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think there are other you know there's obviously there's cpac and there's you know mm-hmm. netroots nation and right. there's you know there's other things like that there's the aspen ideas festival yes but we're not like that those think those places are about the what the talent to talk about we're about what the audience wants to see um, and I think, you know... And what does the audience want to see? They want to see a conversation between James Carville and Sean Hannity. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to see Randy Rainbow performing uh, his, uh, you know, his videos and music. They want to see, uh, you know, James Comey being interviewed. Um, there's all sorts of things that we can, that we do at Politicon, which I think people want to see. I definitely, I would not disagree with you that it's something that, that people want to see. For sure, there's a, a vast market for this. And, and I respect, by the way, Anybody that has an idea and is able to turn it into a reality, one that seemingly is a profitable reality, I have all kinds of respect for that because that is not an easy thing to do. So congratulations for that. I just I, I know I'm a Boy Scout about these things. But take the Hannity Carvel thing. Then you would you would love Politicon because you're a political nerd, the same as I am. You would absolutely love it because it's you know, it's it's <clears throat> it's fun. Mm-hmm. And you'll get to see the people that you don't like and the people that you do. You you see your heroes and your villains. I get uncomfortable Uh, watching people argue, especially when the argument is never going to be resolved. We we try not to have, you know, people shouting at each other. Okay. Because I saw a clip clip from two years ago, uh, Simone Sanders. Is that it? Right. Simon Sim- Sanders. Simone, yes. And uh, Tommy Laren, that's how you say. And Tommy, yes. And that the clip that I saw did seem to be sort of a who can shout louder kind of thing. Yeah, I, you know, we occasionally, that occasionally happens. People, People are get, passionate. Of course they do, yes. Pe- you know, politics, it's a passionate subject. Yeah, there's a reason uh, why you don't talk about it at dinner. <laughs> that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we also do, you know, we have, we have, we try and put people as, to moderate it that will, that will, you know, uh, we put a lot of comedians on it. You know, we have Tommy this year is going to be debating Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks. Okay. Um, the host of that is Clay Aitken. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. and Clay, He's a good egg. He's a good soul. Clay's great. We've known him for many years. Um, I used to know him in my other life. Oh, did you do uh, the American Idol shows? I did, yes. Oh, I uh, met him at one of those. He's okay. a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. He's Ruben stuttered. I got a bad feeling off. Of. Clay was the professional. <laughs> well, we, well, I produced all the, the live tours that the, okay. that the, 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 uh, idols used to do. Um, and, um, Clay, but Clay ran for, for Congress. I had back. forgotten about that. That's right. So he's, you know, he's a political nerd like the rest of us. And so he's, and he's great. And he's able to, you know, if there's any tension, he's able to, 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 to work that out and he'll make fun of it. And okay. he'll, you know, he'll, uh, 
we try and keep things light. We try and keep things so people are enjoying themselves, that they're laughing, mm-hmm. they're taking in information in that way. I'm uncomfortable with deplatforming because I can see the pros and cons of both sides of it. But take Carvel talking to Sean Hannity. Now, I assume Carvel's still pretty friendly with the Clintons. That has that's you know he's well known as Bill Clinton's campaign manager. He was one of the last people to jump off of the Hillary ship and onto the Barack Obama ship when when those two were head to head. Now Sean Hannity has rose to super prominence by spreading what appear to be lies about the Clintons, really horrible lies. Hillary is is dying and is therefore unfit to be president. The Clintons had Seth Rich murdered. She was dying for most of that campaign, I believe. Yeah, no, I know. The whole time, <laughs> the whole she time. was just days away from death. It's <laughs> a remarkable turnaround that she's that she's had. She's thinking of running again, which I'm sure means she will soon be dying again That's if she right, re-enters yes. the fray. If I, if you had been saying that my best friend had people murdered, I don't know that I would choose to attend an event where I would sit and have a civil conversation with you. It suggests to me that these people don't care nearly as much about the things that they say to the public as the public that receives and consumes them cares about them. Sean Hannity can't actually think the Clintons are the root of all evil in the world if he's going to go hang out and have a scotch backstage with James Carville. I don't know if they'll have a scotch backstage, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, he's willing to get on stage with him and talk about this stuff. You know, they do, we don't know what, they, what they're going to talk about, what James is going to want to bring up. You know, they're going to have a point, counterpoint, and we're going to, you know, there'll be some interesting questions. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be fascinating to see those two together for an hour on stage, no holds barred. And how will that be moderated? Will they be introducing topics or is there? We have a moderator who will will bring up topics. Okay. You know, with with personalities like Sean and James, Mm -hmm. you know, the moderator is there just to, as a guide. I see. <laughs> I see. For the most part, they'll be sitting that's, on their that's hands. That's right. What sort of topics would you expect those two would be talking I about? I think you've mentioned a few. I think the treatment of the Clintons would be fascinating to uh, to hear what both of them have to say about that. And I think that okay, they'll probably be, And I think that they'll be talking about um, you know the relationship with Trump and you know impeachment. I mean, mm-hmm. everything that we're all talking about every single day of our lives, I think, is what they'll be talking about and. Getting their perspectives, their real perspectives, mm-hmm. in an hour, in an hour, with no breaks, I think will be uh, will be fascinating. Okay, you say the real perspectives, which implies that they give us something less than the real thing on television. Would you expect Sean Hannity to peel back the layers at Politicon in Nashville and go, "Ah, just kidding about that. I work for Fox. Come on, man." <laughs> I I don't know. Who know? We don't know. I would like to say. I would like. I would hope that you get to see the real people all the time when you come to Politicon. What is the scene like backstage? Do these people from these opposite tribes hobnob with one another? Um, I have some. We had uh, um, we've had some some interesting pairings. Mm-hmm. You know, people doing selfies together that you wouldn't expect backstage. Um, but uh, people are civil, and people talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're on opposite sides of the room. Um, but people, the, the green room isn't isn't uh, isn't huge. Uh, people are there to they're there to do their panels or their events. So they come in, they'll grab a coffee, they'll go off and do their thing, and then that that that's it. There's a little bit of mingling, but yep. uh, but not not too much. And what of the crowds? What would you say the breakdown is? Blue, red. We've we've looked at it over the years. We're about fifty fifty, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we want. And and our move to Nashville has 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 been brilliant because. We've been in Los Angeles uh, for the last four years, 
and our, our, our crowd was 50-50 liberal conservative, but they were all from the Southern California area. We had a couple of people, I'm sure, fly, fly in from other parts, but this year in Nashville we've uh, found out that we're selling tickets in over 25 states across the country and internationally, but uh, that's for us that's absolutely fantastic. There's another debate that's happening between two gentlemen I was not familiar with. Kyle Kalinsky is mm-hmm. uh, like a socialist libertarian YouTube guy, yep. and he will be squaring off against a guy by the name of Charlie Kirk, who's the founder of the Turn- of Turning Point, an organization which the Anti-Defamation League has referred to as alt-light. So that'll be a humdinger of a, uh, yeah. of a debate. Then. So what's Charlie like? Um. I've met him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's very personable. Everybody that comes to Politican is very, very personable. Well, they're salesmen uh, for points of view. They sort of have to be. certainly are. He seems to have very big teeth that seem to be very clean. <laughs> he seems to lead with the teeth. He's very friendly with the Trumps. So, okay. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, mm-hmm. Kyle and Charlie having having debates. In the past, yeah, Charlie's come every year, actually, and he's always, he's, he's always up for having a debate with, you know, with his opposite numbers. He's debated people like Hassan uh, Piker from the Young Turks in the past and other people like that. So, you know, it's it's good when these people, you know, are prepared to talk about it. They're prepared to stand up and stand by their argument. That's what Politicon's about. What stand is his, by your argument. What is his argument? Again, there's just vast oh. accusations. Of course they deny, but the, the number of people who were once associated and fired and text messages that have leaked that uh, it seems like a – it's one of these things where – if you're not a white supremacist, but white supremacists really, really love you, you've got to kind of take a look in the mirror and go, what are yeah. we doing here? Because that's that's the, the most innocent explanation yeah, is that you accidentally appeal to white supremacists. That's what Politicon's about. It's a mirror. Mm-hmm. And look into it okay. and have that debate. You know, Carl Kalinske's not going to uh, let up with Charlie, and Charlie's not going to let up with, uh, with Kyle. Mm-hmm. Charlie's not going to want socialism, and Kyle's not going to want white supremacy. So, you know, let them talk about it. It's funny how those two have somehow become yeah. two sides of a coin. As if these are the only choices they're our not nation the only choices, has. But they're but, you know, but, but, they're but prepared but, but, to debate each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these are the way the two sides love to paint each other. This is one of the fav- favorite tropes of the left these days is yeah. you're racist, you're anti Semitic, and well, you would have us become socialist. As if those are literally our only two alternatives. Yes. That's the the wonderful thing about America is mm-hmm. that you can have people with Different ideas, um, debating, and being allowed to debate and talk about these things. That's this is the greatest country on the planet, right? Because of the First Amendment. Okay, and that's what Politicon really is all about: is giving people the opportunity to stand by their arguments or fall by them. You know, have 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 it and lose. Have the argument and and you know realize you're wrong and change. Has that. Is that happened on a Politicon stage I, where somebody I'm is? Sh- I'm sure that people have have rethought uh, things that they've they've said in the past. Absolutely. You think Ann Coulter went home and said, "I may have been a little oh, bit wrong I'm about sure liberals." She, I'm sure. I'm sure she has every time, every day. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but th- this but, Kirk, but, I, you know what? Mm-hmm. Ann comes. She's been every single year, right? You know, and and she's you know she's happy to to take on all comers. I don't. I have a weird soft spot for Ann Coulter because she's. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> Bill Maher said that uh, she's so full of shit that she even has to kind of know that she's joking. I, I had to re-familiarize myself with all these people. The author of such books is How to Talk to a Liberal If You Must, and If Democrats Had Any Brains, They'd Be Republicans. 
You sound like some deep thought she's going to be bringing to Politicon. I'm sure she will. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be there. Yes. Um, she's the... going to be she's going to be doing the big interview. We always do the Carville interviews, mm-hmm. and uh, she's he's going to be interviewing her. So I think that'll be fascinating. So James Carville will be speaking to both Sean Hannity yes. and interviewing Sarah Huckabee. Correct. Sanders. He's going to debate Hannity and interview. Uh, and he do, every year he's he's done a big interview for us. Um, uh, Sarah Palin he did a couple of years ago. Uh, Tucker Carlson last year. Um, uh, Trevor Noah. Uh, a few years ago, so he's he, you know, he and those are fascinating because you know James obviously uh, knows what he's talking about and uh, really gets into in depth with these people. He'll be asking some interesting questions. I'm sure. I wonder if he'll be getting interesting answers, given that her best political, you know, uh, professional credential seems to be the ability to to stonewall. Like she, sometimes, sometimes no answer is an answer. I think in in politics, you know, how you answer a question is is important, not necessarily the words that come out of the mouth. I think it's you know, body language, it's you know, attitude, it's everything, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that you get to see mm-hmm. in front of you, not on a TV screen at Politicon. We we don't um, live stream Politicon, um, very very specifically we don't do it occasionally we do like little snippets of course on facebook live and things like that and a lot of uh, media companies come in and film bits and pieces and stuff but we don't stream the event uh, because we want people to be in the audience it's about the live experience it's about seeing those people in the flesh that's what's important do you disclose your personal politics no okay i have as far as politicons concerned i'm i'm like switzerland mm. I'm oh, like, and you have I'm to be. Like, I'm like the BBC. Well, you have to be. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's one of these fallacies that if you if a president repeats it often enough, it starts to seem true. The idea that a person who has political opinions cannot be impartial. It tells me a lot about you if you believe that somebody who has political opinions cannot be impartial. It's, th- it's ludicrous that... to think that somebody would have an interest in this without an opinion. Yeah, of course. It's crazy. Of course. We're, we're all political nerds at Politicon. We all have different opinions, but the people that make up Politicon come from all sides of the political spectrum. You know, everybody in the in the office is, all thinks different things. We're not uh, all left wing, or we're not all right wing. It's 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 all a mix. What is uh, what is Comey's shtick now? What is he? Is he on the lecture circuit? Um, I think he's probably doing a couple of things, but um, we were really wanted to get him. You know, he's you know the touchstone for everything that's going on mm-hmm. you know and he's pretty much despised by the left and the right so i think he's a fascinating character yeah he must be doing something right yes to have been right. the, to have been the bet the bet noir of each side within about six months exactly exactly oh you got jordan peterson too him i also i can't get as mad at him as people like me are supposed to get right because at least unlike many of the other people here frankly that that are going to be debating with one another i think he is interested in lengthy nuanced debate i don't know how somebody would tell ann coulter that she's wrong uh with words because what she wants is like a political rock fight right jordan peterson is fascinating because i think he actually makes the left he he asks some pretty good questions about are you sure about that the left yeah that's why we've always wanted to get jordan and uh you know and and others as well Mm -hmm. you know we have we have a lot of people that you know are interesting and when you actually Forget what the the sound bites on TV for thirty seconds say, and you actually delve into what they actually think. It's it's yeah. very interesting, and sometimes people start agreeing. You know, we had uh, 
Cenk and Tucker, Cenk from the Young Turks and Tucker debating last year, uh, Tucker Carlson. And uh, actually, there were some things they kind of agreed on. Which Anything was, particular? In fact, I, I, it, was, it, was a, it was supposed to be an hour debate. Yeah. And they were like, we, it's going to be an hour. That's it. And I think after about an hour and a half, they were like, oh, we better stop now. They were having a great time. Well, and that... so were the audience. That was the best thing. The audience were mixed. Um, they were they were all mixed in together because we don't have you know the left don't sit on the left and the right don't sit on the right. Everyone's mixed in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's general admission, so you can sit anywhere. Do people uh, like cheer for stuff? Is it? Oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah, very much so. Of course, mm-hmm. you know they cheer and they boo and they all have a great time. And we you know it's not just debates, but we also have our democracy village area where we have lots of activations and we have our podcast stage and our other the democracy village stage um and you know lots of booths and you know we've got um, we've got tiny pricks coming you know the um I'm not familiar with tiny okay, pricks tiny pricks is these women that have been making the trump's tweets with embroidery, and we've got like two thousand of these things coming we've got baby Trump coming um you know the big balloon. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's exactly what you imagine mm-hmm. a Comic-Con for politics to be. Well, there's no doubt that there's a massive audience for it. And uh, congratulations to you for being the person you, who, who I think I, I, I really it. hope I've persuaded you to come. Fly uh, out to Nashville. Oh, come sure, and experience mm-hmm. it. And tell me what you think afterwards. You sell that to my wife and two children, and I will see you in Nashville (laughs) on October 26th and 27th. Thank you so much for coming by and submitting to a little bit of a grilling. You're at Simon CD at Politicon is the event. Thanks again. Thank you very much, Michael. We are back on The Tully Show, and I am joined by comedian, friend, and 2020 Democratic presidential hopeful ben glebe facts that's uh that's three credits i did not expect to ever be saying to describe somebody that i know not even the first two you probably didn't expect did you i've never had a friend before Mm -hmm. ben you what you and i have is is big for me i'm happy to fulfill a lot of your dreams (laughs) i'm so excited to see you i i told you i i think i telepathically put out to the universe that i wanted to speak to you (laughs) earlier in this show i was speaking to a very nice gentleman by the name of simon seedy who mm-hmm. has put together an annual event called Politicon, ah, which is... I've been part of it. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. He was here? Yeah. Wow, I wanted to talk to him, actually. Oh, really? So I want to be in Politicon this okay. year again. That's funny. I just bagged on him for a half hour about what an awful event it was. And really? He's just helping to suck the soul out of the American civic life. Wow, I think it's a great event. Okay, yeah. No, he kind of convinced me of that by the end. It was okay. a weird interview because I was ready to just... <laughs> I, I told, you know, we get offered certain guests and then, you know, we express interest if we're interested in talking to them. This is the first time I've ever said, please tell this guy I would love to talk to him, but let him know I'm going to tell him I think what he's doing is awful. Okay. And I knew that was obviously going to go one of two ways. Yeah. Was, oh, he's super into it. And I, uh, I'm of the opinion that punditry is a really underrated evil in our society mm. because it's it's sophistry. This goes all the way back to Plato. And these people, Sean Hannity and Coulter, wake up in the morning and construct seemingly airtight um, arguments to feed to you know the viewers or readers or whatever that they can argue with their family about over Thanksgiving dinner. And if you paid them enough money, they could make an argument for the other side. Yeah, I'm just naive enough to think that as long as people want insane things that are never going to happen out of their political system, the insane thing that I want is for us to have rational conversations and Mm. try to arrive at sensible 
policy initiatives. Right. And I love what you are doing with your life these days running for president, and I sense from following you on social media that it's coming from a really pure, sincere place, which is not obviously what I thought when you first told me you were running mm-hmm. for president. So I just want to see you and talk to you, and as somebody who's been on the front lines of American political life in these insane times, how are you doing? What's going on out there? Thanks, buddy. Thanks for those kind words. One just quick note on Politico and why I think it's a good thing is just because yeah. they do a lot of talks with Jesus. <laughs> they do a lot. First day. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot of talks with both sides together, mm-hmm. and I think that's better than one-sided punditry for sure because you get a chance to actually say it to the person's face a million times better. Agreed. And they do a lot of that, so that's nice. And I did the show I did there was my my. my we the People show where I moderated a talk with two on the left and two on the right. And oh, yeah, yeah, you do that here in Hollywood. Do it here well. in Hollywood. Right. So, but um, I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, it's a very exhausting, thoroughly all-encompassing thing to run for president. And as you may <laughs> imagine or not. And uh, I have gray hairs coming from nowhere. You I look ha- more distinguished than the last time I saw you. Thank you. You're growing into it. I'm not just saying that. Yeah, I don't, like, I looked like Reagan in this last post I put up at the Pride Parade in, in, uh... Where was I? I don't even remember. In Springfield, Missouri, I looked like Reagan just a few years younger than his presidency. That's not good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's good. It's, it's, it's very inspiring, very humbling. I used to make fun of politicians who get elected to high office and say, this is the most humbling moment of my life. And I'm like, humbling? Yeah. You just got chosen to be the leader. You should be yep. biggest ego day of your life. I was wrong about that because it's so overwhelming and people truly trust their lives and their emotions and their feelings and their heart into your hands and say maybe you can help us so that's that's what's humbling about it is that i'll try i'll do my best but i'm just a person just like you and okay. so that's what i you know I've, I've i've learned is that it's it's just the gravity of it is very intense when it's delivered right in front of you and people share that they need help okay it's interesting. You've kind of said that twice now. What are people talking about at the grassroots level? Because I think most of our arguments tend to be about things that don't really affect us personally. I'm not really sure if, if my life changes if there's a wall at the border right. or et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera. But you're talking to people who are saying we need help with something specific in our community and it's beyond our power to do it for ourselves. What are those sorts of things? Yeah, and it's not just community. Some of it is those bigger issues, but it's people saying – my soul is broken. My heart is broken from how we're treating immigrants at the border. Okay. We need help. We need to. We need someone that can stop this, that can bring rationality and common sense back to our policies, but also with um, people's grassroots day-to-day, everyday lives, they just need money. They need to not have to work three and four jobs to put food on the table. They need to be able to afford their health care. They need to not have an aging Married couple pay $2,300 a month for health care. They need solutions to their problems. They need affordable housing. They need to be able to save money for retirement. They need to be able to not have the water destroyed in their in their community where they can't drink it. They need to be able to have their power grid put back together in Puerto Rico two years after a disaster. and and for clean water to be able to flow freely into remote neighborhoods on the island that still do not have a system fully fixed and FEMA still not having done much to help them, but in some ways work against them. Mm -hmm. They need compassion, and we need to divvy our resources in a way that actually helps people in a much more effective way. 
Is this your stump speech I'm hearing right now? Why am I putting you to sleep? No, 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 no. I'm just wondering. If the, <laughs> Not in the, at all. Okay, this is just okay. on top of my head. Good, 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 good. I, I unfortunately it's haven't. Smooth. It's smooth. Really? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, wow, it didn't sound that that way to I, me at I, all. I, I was actually starting to feel some emotion start to this. Oh, my I God. A little I'm so ball sorry. started my I'm sternum. I'm so and it got sorry. Bigger and, bigger and it felt like I my heart would explode. I take babe. it back. People just want drugs and partying, <laughs> man. Um, no, I haven't talked about those emotional stories at all in my stump speech, and I really should. Yeah. Where have you been? I, I've been so focused on talking about anti-corruption and getting the corruption out. Where have I been? Yeah. Oh, man. I've been basically living in Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh-huh. And then the first two, uh, the, the first two voting states, first primary and first caucus. Mm-hmm. And then I was for a week in Puerto Rico and I was in Springfield, Missouri, and I was in New York and Tampa, Florida, and I was in Maine and I was in Massachusetts and I was in San Diego and Nevada and I was in um, Colorado and I was a lot of places. Do the Texas, people, do the, Texas. Do the people of Iowa surprise you at all? Yeah, you, I was, you've been pretty much a, a coastal guy. Have you ever not lived in on the West Coast? I have n- never not lived on the West Coast, but as a road traveling comedian for nearly two decades, mm. I have spent lots of time in towns everywhere. Touche. But um, I was surprised how seriously they do take their politics. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. They come out. I had people come to my events, and they're like, "You're the twelfth candidate I've met with one on one." I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. Right. That's so that, kind of their thing. Yeah. And there's not ways that the population, I'm not even kidding. It's 30 pop- people. <laughs> I, had an, I had one event, 50% it's of weird. Iowa came to my event. There's only 15 incredible. people. Yeah, so it's, it's more magical. of like a speed dating mm-hmm. thing. That's mm-hmm. what's going on. I was led to believe it was something a little bit more elaborate than Once that. Once they rang the bell, I knew Yeah, it was love. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just have that, that kismet. You know, mm-hmm. I do. Um... The insurance thing's crazy. I don't know a whole lot about that. I'm embarrassed to admit for my entire adult life, I've been fortunate enough to work for corporations. Right. You never, unfortunately, get as educated about something as you ought to be until it affects you directly. Well, I'm trying to end employer-based health care, so sorry. Yeah, that's fine. No, and, and Sorry, it's, not sorry, Bunky. The only Why did I do that thing that I know I for, for sure, you're working a lot. I can tell you're burning the candle at mm-hmm. both ends. The only thing that I know for sure about our insurance system is that Anybody who thinks that the status quo is the desirable right. path. They're nuts. There's Nuts is almost the most charitable thing. Yeah. Happens. You're willfully ignorant. Yeah. You're, um, you're an asshole. Yeah. I don't know there's how There's millions much. of people without health insurance. And there's millions of people who have health insurance that's breaking them in order to have and there's millions of people who are able to afford their health insurance until they actually need it and then they find out that it doesn't actually cover them and Mm. you know as somebody who just casually checks the front page of reddit i feel like it's once a week that i see hey look i broke my knee here's my bill for three hundred thousand dollars and i know that at this point you're well, do you feel like you're talking to people from the conservative side? You're campaigning to be the Democratic candidate. Right. It would seem like you'd be in that bubble. Yeah, I'm talking mostly, yeah. certainly, to Democrats, but I definitely come across some Republicans, and it's more so at the few stand-up shows I've been able to also squeeze in during this campaign trail. Yeah. I rail on Trump, and then they yell at me, and we get into fights during my shows, and it makes my show not that much fun. And or very interesting, and you should come see them. And um, I've been converting a lot of them to at least donate to my campaign after the show mm-hmm. or to be open to at least listening. Um, so I meet a lot of them that way, but some on the campaign trail as well. Um, but, yeah, so you're you're not hearing from the people who are like, no, for sure, we don't blow it up. It's perfect, you communist. 
No, I mean, no, no one who, said that. There's a consensus that there is something that needs to be with healthcare specifically. Yeah, exactly. Some people love their healthcare. Yeah, some well, people love it, but right. they still acknowledge there's millions without it, and we got to fix that. Yeah. And do you think that most of the people you talk to are aware that most of the civilized world has got a far better system than us, and that it? it can I be... do not think most people are aware of that. Isn't that crazy? It's because... almost like America's too big for its own good. But I think it... small nations are always kind of aware of right. each other. Right, but it's also easier to insure small nations. So I think part of the problem that... is less people, less costs, less but... less of a challenge. Uh, but it's less complicated. I guess less that, complicated. Yeah. But more very... people, more money. Yeah, but it's a very, very, very complex system, and it's mm-hmm. you can get corruption festering right into it. And like you said, it's hard to identify when it's so big. Okay, there's so many. It's just a cor- easily corruptible system. Yeah. Um, and I think that also people make some valid points that other countries don't have better systems in certain ways. Like that's why I'm not in favor of just Medicare for all mm-hmm. because some countries have just free government health care, but then they're waiting in lines and there's rationed coverage and yep. You, I mean, rationed. Care, ration care, and so so that's not the best either. Yeah, I think most things the answer is somewhere in the middle. It's a combination of all the good ideas and making patching together something that covers everybody and works for everybody. It's a shame that that seems to be the answer for lots and lots and lots of things, and it's just not a sexy enough answer to sell. Yeah, it, so it, it's it seems... one or the other. Every debate is one. It's this extreme or that extreme. Yeah. Yeah. How about just fix things and find an answer? Yeah, this is what I was talking to Simon Seedy about, is too often it becomes, you're an anti-Semite, no, you're a socialist. Right. As if these are these are literally the camps. Right. I have, I have never in my life, I'm happy to say, encountered like a, a pure socialist, at least not one that was like supporting themselves and not still living at home. And right. I've never, as best my knowledge, encountered a pure anti-Semite, and yet our mass media would lead you to believe that that's essentially 95% of the voting uh, you know, of the of the electorate is people who would turn us into a socialist state or white supremacists. That's that's Democrats. That's Republicans. It's right. it's it's so toxic. Yeah, no, it's no doubt it's very toxic for sure. But yeah, I mean, in my administration, I've I've said on the campaign trail, I would make the three twenty four hour news networks rebrand themselves as rename themselves as infotainment networks. They're not news. No. Right. Okay. I love that. I love that. They completely poison the well of our Mm -hmm. conversation, no doubt. I mean, it's insane that they show 10 seconds, literally, of a news clip and then just pontificate with idiots for an hour about what they think it might mean and what might happen if if the tweet turns into a thing. Shut up. Right. I'd much rather have Lock Up Raw on. At least MSNBC does that some of the day. (laughs) <laughs> Lock up raw. Okay, I love that proposal. That's a big swing, and that's the sort of bold thinking that I think that we need. What else are you— You want some more bold swings? Please. Okay, bold swing. We have enough of a class system in our country. Mm-hmm. We have far too much stratification, Think people thinking they're better than other people and actually getting to live better. It shouldn't also exist in our prisons. You okay, combine you, you combine white-collar prisons with regular prisons. You go to You go to jail, you get convicted of a crime— there should not also be a class system and you get treated better if you're rich or if you're or if you're white. Yeah. That's bullshit. Uh you commit a crime, you get put in the same jail as everybody else and you're going to get two things happen very quickly. You're going to get corporate crime re- drastically reducing very very quickly once there's a real prospect of scary punishment and you're going to get prison reform happening very fast once those with power and money realize how messed up our prison system really is. Well, right, or that's the charitable way of saying it. The other one is that they know how bad it is, but it doesn't affect them. So whatever. Once right. it, once it, it, it w- I don't even think they know though. They don't know how bad it is. Mm-hmm. They might see someone on news on the news say it's it's a it's not a it's not a rehabilitation system. It's it's it's, it's a jungle in there. 
well, go in there mm-hmm. and see and experience. You know, I'm touring a prison soon um, to experience it more firsthand myself, but just going to criminal justice reform talks, I've just had so many people tell me just how awful the experience is and how it's just a completely punitive system and a dangerous system and racist system. And you have to experience it, I think, firsthand to know or at least be open to hearing the stories, really. I don't think people that are like corporate criminals are really diving into no the topic of criminal justice reform. Okay, so you're I'm supposed to be funnier. No, you're not. That's not. But that's I not, am. I, want... I just had. I've had many people keep telling me I got to be funnier because my whole competitive advantage is I'm the funny candidate. I'm the I'm the comedian candidate. But I also people know that they can take me seriously. See, I I thought that you were. I'm trying to respect your your hustle here because I don't want to trivialize what you're doing. And Thank it's been you. Obvious to me from the first time you came by the Jason Ellis show to talk about your candidacy that this wasn't like. A, well, maybe it takes off, but if not, it's good for a laugh. So I, I'm, least, I'm respecting yeah. how, how serious you are. Thank you. I probably hurt my comedy career quite significantly by being so serious for five months. You but think so? I don't think I've done it any favors. What do you mean? I just think I never. everything I'm doing is very serious, and I'm mm-hmm. getting mad at comedians that don't have me on their show, and I'm oh. getting angry. And oh, I'm getting like, angry at the comedy community could be bad for your comedy career. Yeah, I'm talking shit about Joe Rogan for not having me on his show and talking shit about my show on his show and and just in general, like being the guy that all of a sudden had a very funny social media presence and all of a sudden now yeah. every day it's like criminal justice reform must happen and mm-hmm. we must solve this problem and here's a cafe where you can pay what you want and homeless people dine together. It's like, okay, Ben, we get it. Dude, I muted everybody on Twitter because even the comedians who – aren't running for president at a certain point decided that I needed to know how they felt about every political issue. So I don't know that you've made yourself quite as much of an outlier as, okay. as you might. Okay, boo, thank you. As you might assume. No, I think this is great for your career, assuming you are not elected president, which is still, of course... Uh, I think I'm likely to win. I think it's... I don't want you to count your chickens before they're hatched in regard I've to you I've already got drapes. In already regard to you being our 47th president or whatever. 45th. <laughs> 46, I'm sorry. Right, 46. right. I, I knew that. I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm counting, not counting I'm, I'm counting Pence. Oh, okay. <laughs> then 47, yes. I think it's actually very, very good for your comedy career that there's a lot of straight white dudes running around saying, hey, have me on your thing. I'm so goddamn funny. And it's like, well, what's so special about you? And mm-hmm. you go, oh, I got this great bit about Uber Eats. You got to hear it. <laughs> and you have, you know, I have something to... To talk about. You actually have something for people to sink their sure. teeth into. So I think this ends up being a really good... I okay. think every couple of years you need to drop out of comedy and um, and do something really aspirational and outside of the box. Okay. Here's for hoping, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're talking, to, you're talking to real live human beings. You're not just arguing with people online. Is it making you more or less pessimistic or uh, positive about, you know, your fellow Americans and just the, the pulse of the nation? God, that's a good question. Thank you. I first day. <laughs> I feel both positive and negative about it. I think that there's a lot of people that care very much, but I've seen firsthand also how people buy the Sean Hannity and Coulter talking points hook, line, and sinker like it's a gospel, and even gospel shouldn't be about hook, line, and sinker. No, there's some crazy shit in there. Yeah, so I think that's very disconcerting. Um, I think that. We've got a lot of very passionate, smart people in this country and a lot of very gullible, uncaring, not-so-smart people in this country. And I don't know how you're going to fix that. No. So it's always going to probably be that battle of which one's going to win this time. Mm -hmm. But I am hopeful that 
evolution does improve us. So to to take the answer positive at the end, I think we're getting better. We're certainly going through some some backwards growing pains right now. Yeah. But you know, two steps forward, one step back, but I think we are as Barack Obama always said, the the uh arc of history bends towards justice. Right, that's a Martin Luther King thing, right? Right, Barack Obama was quoting Martin Luther King. I only, my my knowledge of history stops about 15 years ago. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I have my thoughts about that. I personally think that a lot of the really ugly stuff that's going on right now is because the status quo is finally looking in the mirror and seeing its own impending in, extinction as the dominant force that dictates the, the tone of what happens in this country. You mean now. white people? Basically, yeah, and that they're not taking it very well, yeah, and so they're they're. But I just don't understand. Like it, it's just racism that's behind that. Because other than your color of your skin, what what is it that you're dictating? Like, what's going to change if oh, well, you're not well, the, if you're forty eight percent of the country? Like, what's going to change? Nothing. It's this idea that there's this Euro Christian thing that's the magic elixir. And that not ha- having some weird religious, not that anybody has ever fo- followed the Bible literally, not that anyone ought to, or listen to the Pope on everything that he says, but just sort of having that as a, in God we trust, the Christian thing is our, is our, is our, is our North Star that we point ourselves towards. People feel like that might be taken away. And they're afraid. They think that that's bad for the culture. They believe that there's this Eurocentric view. Like Trump recently when he was saying that we share a common history with ancient Rome and everyone, ha, 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 he doesn't know America is not as old as Rome. No, he knew exactly what he was saying. Actually, that's Twitter. That's liberal Twitter being incredibly dumb. He's kind of dog whistling to this sense that America is tied back to Europe, is tied back to Rome and the Greeks, and that's what's great about human civilization. We're the ones who have led the charge while the godless heathens have done their best to keep up when we weren't busy making empires out of them. And I think that there's uh, – there, Right, doing our best like the Christian Crusades, like yeah. <laughs> murdering people to sword and hey, and deciding gets to be been, our religion. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> and I just so, think that people uh, – you know, you and I obviously subscribe to the belief that the more the merrier and America is a, yeah. mel- a melting pot. And that's more than just a pleasant thing to say that America is better for taking in yes. all kinds and, and becoming the best of all these things we're made out of. There's a lot of people who loved paying lip service to that when it was just the black friend on the sitcom. Right. But my only point is – what will actually change? Nothing. Mm. You're still going to have your stuff. You're still going to have your right. money. You're still going to have your Starbucks. Here, here. Thank you. <laughs> I have to let you go. I really, I could talk to you for hours. I'm so excited about what you're doing. I'm Thank so you, excited that you got arrested. Thanks. And um, That was a proud moment for me, getting arrested, protesting corruption in this government. That's awesome. We All we can do is use our voice as loud as we can. Yeah, and you're doing that, and I'm proud of you, and I'm excited for you. Thank you. Please, if you're listening, go to Glebe2020.com, G-L-E-I-B, 2020.com. Check out what I stand for. Click on the issues page, and then click on that donate button and give us whatever you can afford. So even $5, $1, $10, so we can keep fighting, keep speaking truth to power. Your next president, America, and to some extent Canada. Ben Glebe. I also have some comedy shows coming up, so you can check those out. Ben Glebe. Dot com, dot com for that right. one.